Hello, everyone. I welcome you to The Butterfly Effect, a mental health podcast to help you navigate through adversity and begin your transformative journey to healing mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. From anxiety to domestic violence, this podcast will discuss a wide range of mental health topics, hearing real people discuss their raw experiences. Because this podcast touches on sensitive topics, listener discretion is advised, and the information that is provided is not meant to diagnose or treat any mental health condition or be a substitute for therapy. If you are experiencing any mental health symptoms while listening, I encourage you to contact somebody that you trust or a mental health provider in your community. So, without further ado, let's get started. actually uh pretty current uh Ooh, it, okay. it happened last uh october uh-huh. I, think, I think around game six of the world series if that means anything to you <laughs> as a frame of reference um i was uh coming back home from a show and uh, it was about two in the morning and i was at my mm-hmm. apartment and i uh I, I'm in my car and I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'm, I'm at my apartment. I just pulled in. I'm like, should I go get my dog first and mm-hmm. then go check the mail? And I was like, no, I'm going to go check the mail first and then I'm going to go get my dog and take her out. And so I went and checked the mail and uh, I turned around, you know, I was going through some, you know, this bill, that bill. And I look up and uh, there's like a dude in a bandana who has like he's like a pistol and he's just like coming up right to me and he's just like just be quiet shut up and my uh first instinct was like oh my god I was just like what what can we cuss on here can we (laughs) you could cuss a little bit what What the (laughs) fuck bro what what the fuck's going on and um I, I I went for the gun and uh I had a hold of the gun and gave him an elbow to the temple and almost had control of the gun, and then one of his friends came out from the side of the corner and like got a couple shots onto me, on my head, and hit me. Oh, in the, in the, and I wore glasses. They knocked my glasses off. And those people who, who wear glasses, you know, once you have your glasses, glasses. you're like, you know, right. yeah, you can do you can do whatever you want with me. You know, I'm waving the white flag, not my glasses. Uh, oh my god. So. Uh, so uh, this is like right outside in the courtyard. That's right outside my patio. And so, like, you know, I, I'm on my knees, and this guy, he's got his hand over his mouth, right? He's got a gun to my head. His friend is, like, right there. Um, and I'm, I can, like, literally, like, look into the room where my wife is sleeping. And I can, like, see, like, the orange lights are still on. And I'm, like, my, and, like I can see my wife sleeping right here. I'm, I'm, I'm about to die. Like, oh, my God. This is how it happens. Um, and so... The whole thing, and it, the whole time he was just like, "Okay, uh, you know, just give me your wallet. Just, just, just." And all, all he wanted was the wallet, and I, I, I didn't realize I didn't have it on me. I still had it in the car, but it was mm-hmm. one of those things. I, I had just got a new jacket, and it was one of those things when you have a new jacket, you're still learning where all the pockets are. Right. So like, he thinks that I'm like, you know, giving him like a hard time, but I'm just like, 
oh dude it's a new i'm even telling them i'm like dude it's a new jacket like i don't know where the pockets are give me a sec i'm like oh is it this goodness. wallet is it this one and i was like uh, i got a rubik's cube for you i got a rubik's cube with me at all times and it's like you got a rubik's <laughs> cube you you want a rubik's cube and uh uh i think they just like looked at each other after that and they were like, what are we about to, like, kill this autistic guy? Like, what the hell? Oh, like, my God. They just, they just, like, threw me down and just ended up stealing our mail. And uh, and then I, like, you know, went up to my apartment and uh, just, that was it. Just And just told everybody who was in the apartment what just happened. Oh, my gosh. Did they ever find who it was like was there any cameras like that's insane no there was no cameras the neighbor who lived downstairs was uh called the police and uh so the police showed up like super quick like right whenever i got my apartment there were police there but um i'm guessing they probably lived there because that that particular apartment wasn't there wasn't like it would have been hard to get anywhere because they'd left by foot like once they they left they like just took off on foot so I'm guessing they lived at the complex, and uh, so it was just—it was a really weird. It was a really weird night. That so okay. That's that's very scary. I'm so sorry that happened. Yeah, and then the Astros lost too, and so it was just a rough <laughs> night all around. So, oh my goodness. Well, that that's quite an experience. So that would be like an acute type of trauma because. Not only are you put in a situation where you're under a lot of stress and you're trying to think about what you're going to do, like your fight or flight response is already trying to assess the situation, while also it being like a one-time event that was still very, like, traumatic. Yeah, and I, I felt I felt like like I had mixed emotions about it to, when I thought about the fight or flight thing because in my head I was like, well. I did go for the gun, so my instinct was to fight. But then, like, I was trying to justify. I was like, I mean, like two days later, I was like breaking the lease in my contract because I was like, you know, I, I can't have my wife living in this. Like, if it was just right. me, like, I, I would be fine. I would live there still. But like, I can't. Yeah, I can't have my wife, uh, you know, living around this. So, but th- so then I was like, flight, and and I was just kind of tossing between the two. For like the weeks afterwards, just like whenever I would just reflect on that moment, like what, what were my true instincts? Was I really trying to fight? And then part of me was like, you know, I really think if I would have got control of that gun, I would have killed two guys that night. Right. So like that, that's that, another thing to think about, too. That's, like, that's another thing that kept me up a lot at night. Wow. Uh, yeah. Well, well, thank you for sharing that. We're going to go more in depth with that, but. I want to hear, uh, we're going to hear, listen to Noah's experience. Let's do it. Let's do it. Come on, Noah. Okay, what would you I like was, to share? Intense, dude, I was, I was trying not to talk. I was like, what, they asked so many questions. I'm like, like a Rubik's Cube, or, you know, the game. Like, um, <laughs> so much going on. But, um, yeah, so uh, so my experience, um, far different than um, yours, was uh, so one of my closest friends, um, this is back in 2015, he um he actually murdered um a woman in a um a, a convenience store. So, and this is like my best this this is like one of my best friends. So you know childhood friend. Um you know we used to play basketball, go to the apartments together, like did everything together. Um so yeah he ended up doing this uh crime and everything. So murdered the lady, 
and um, we actually got news of it. So I was out in California in school, but, um, you know, I got word of it just from some of the homies. And mm-hmm. uh, they kind of told me what happened. And, um, you know, he, like, went inside the, you know, you know the grocery store. The, or no, I mean, it wasn't a grocery store. It was, like, a, you know, a, um, you know, shopping, well, not shopping, it was, like, a gas station. So it was, like, on 423. It's in, like, in, like, the Frisco area. So okay. So he, like, walked in, and he, um, you know, demanded money and whatever the case is. And then he ended up shooting her in the face. So, um, so he actually got away with it for like a few months and then he got arrested for like an armed robbery uh, off of Main Street actually in Frisco. So he got arrested for the armed robbery and then he got connected back with that murder. Um, mm-hmm. So that happened in 2015. So, um, you know, just, uh, you know, hearing his parents, um, hearing a lot of my friends, a lot of my, you know, you know, associates, people around me kind of asking me questions about like, you know, was I around that? Was I, you know, with him? Like, was I, you know, any, any, you know any connection to that, of course, you know, I denied it and, and, you know, it wasn't me, you know, I wasn't there, I was in college and everything, but Mm -hmm. um, just from that single event, um, I guess uh, it just, like, made me kind of just see everything differently because, I mean, it's like one of your closest friends and you Mm -hmm. none of your closest friends or your family or anybody that close to you, like, does anything like that, you know, hectic, you know? Right. Um, so from that, you know, I, you know, had a lot, you know, a lot of issues focusing in school and focusing on, you know, I played college football, so, you know, playing and, um, trying to keep my head on straight when all that kind of stuff was going through and friends were calling me and trying to see what was going on. Um, and then, so I actually saw him, so a year after he, you know, was, you know, he was still, um, like the, like he was still like in court and everything. So the case wasn't like, you know, he didn't get convicted yet, but I went and saw him over in Denton County jail. Uh, in the May in May of 2016, so um, yeah, you know, went and talked to him and stuff, and it was like through a screen because you know, didn't county they don't have like face to face, like you can't like it's not like a phone like the movies and shit, you know, it's like right. a video phone and shit. So I'm like kind of talking to him and like we don't talk anything about like what happened or any, we just kind of talk about childhood. He's like asking me about you know Cal and Berkeley, California, and like how I'm doing in school and everything, and I'm asking him about mm-hmm. his parents and his you know little sister and stuff, and you know, you know, you know, you know, just everything involved. Uh, so, right. so, uh, so yeah, so, so we're just talking about that information and everything. We don't talk about it once. And then at the very end, I kind of ask him like, you know, you know, like, you know, how are you doing? And he's like, man, I'm not really doing that good. He started telling me about, you know, his like experience in jail and he got in a fight with somebody cause he's like a hothead sometimes. So he got in a fight mm-hmm. and he's all, you know, he was only in there for a year. So, you know, he was already kind of causing mischief and kind of stuff like that. So, um, had that conversation with him and ended up leaving. And got in the car with my girlfriend at the time. I just started crying. I'm just like, dude, this is just like too much. Like he's about to mm-hmm. get like, put away forever. And then um, a few months later, it was in October. He got um, he got sentenced because he his first trial ended like a mistrial because I guess like the police department was like tampering with evidence and stuff. And they were trying to fuck him like and just like they were like they were trying to give him like the death like the death penalty. So, oh wow. Uh, yeah. So they ended up having to uh, settle with with a with, with a mistrial, and then he actually got. Um, you know, convicted and everything. He got sentenced to 35 years in prison. Um, so that happened, yeah, in 2016. And, um, yeah, I, I guess just, you know, that 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 whole situation kind of made me, like, value the people around me closer, you know, value just life in general. Because, I mean, like, you know, it's your best friend, but also you can't, like, you know, agree with somebody, like, murdering somebody, like, you're in, like, cold blood. Mm-hmm. You, don't, you know, it's like, you can't just, like, be like, oh, yeah, free my nigga, you know, Dion. It's not, it's not like that when, you know, you know somebody that you love did something that can be, like, unforgivable, you know, to some people, you know? 
And um, exactly. even with that case, it's like a year later, like the, the, you know, the woman who was killed, like the woman he killed, like she had two kids and she had a husband that she got, you know, she was mm-hmm. like behind. And then the husband committed suicide. So, yeah, it was just like a compounding thing. It was just like a whole bunch of shit happened after. So, um, you know, just from seeing him in, you know, jail and everything, and then from, you know, her husband committing suicide, then the kids are like left to be, you know, taken care of by their family. It was just like, it was just so weird because it was like I was on the opposite side of it. I wasn't, because I mean, in my past, I've been in situations where I've seen family members and friends like, you know, killed or whatever. And like, you're like, okay, well, you know, we're, you know, we're praying for the family, everything. But this is like, I'm on the opposite side of it where somebody I'm, mm-hmm. you know, really close to actually does like the heinous crime. So um, it was like a definitely like a different like change of mindset and kind of, you know, it kind of like re, I mean, like not, not reorganize how I thought about criminals, but I'm sort of seeing people like who got, you know, caught up with, you know, capital murder and stuff like that differently. Cause I'm like, damn, like these are all like real people like who were, you know, maybe like went on the wrong path or made a bad decision or whatever. Cause I mean, like I still love him. Like I haven't talked to him since because I, you know, I still have to go through some things to get to the point where I can like write him and maybe go see him. But I mean, that's like all the process. And I'm still kind of going through that, but, um, Right. It's just, it's a lot, you know? Right. That's a very, well, uh, condolences to, you know, her family. And, you know, I hope that even though he has been convicted, you know, I hope that his experiences in jail, not only, I hope that, I mean, it's going to, I mean, jail itself adds more trauma than it should. That's just how the criminal system is. But I'm, it's like, I love your, like what you're sharing because I feel like a lot of people when they think about going through trauma and like, traumatic experiences that you always have to be the person to experience something you have to be like the main character and sometimes and that's not always the case like even just viewing something that could be like that can cause that amount of stress or or even hearing about something and like that's traumatic especially knowing that you were like his close like that was your best friend that was someone that was close to you to even see them in a different light and hear something that they have done like that's that I can only imagine the amount of stress and you just like like you said like you had to analyze the people even the people around you and like that's do you feel like do you still talk like do you still keep in contact with him I hope that's not like a weird question but no so actually right now I'm I'm not in contact with him right now you know I have this information and everything and like where he's mm-hmm. killed at or, or you know where he's in prison at but um yeah I've been I haven't written him yet and um I mean I don't think he's gonna hear this but like but uh you know it's just um you know I think about him every day I think about like reaching out I think about like you know talking to him I think about like going to see him and everything because I, I, I have some homies who you know my my post is because his birthday was like two weeks ago so you know, they post the birthday stuff, Stop, or they might like, stay like, you know, just saw him or talk to him or whatever, and it's just like, I just guess I'm not, like, I'm not really there yet to, I, I guess, like, I'm, I'm just not there yet, you know, I'm just not, I'm mm-hmm. not there yet, because, I mean, at a certain it's like, how can I, like, 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 talk to him, like, you know, I mean, that family's, like, destroyed forever, like, off some, like, off, like, the shit that, you know, Vince, wait, wait, your name is Vince, dude, I'm, I'm so sorry, dude, your name is Vince, right? Vince? That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah Vince, yeah, so... I'm sorry, messing up the podcast, but um, but um, like like so what I was gonna say is like it's like the opposite side of that. So imagine like Vince getting like his head blew off in front of his wife or his wife being like his whole family, his whole situation would have been different. And like, how could mm-hmm. I ever like think about like trying to like 
you know, have that relationship with my friend if he took, like, you know, Vince away from his wife and his whole family. And, you know what I'm right. saying? Like, it's just, like, I, I can't even imagine, like, just, like, trying to, like, you know, like, normalize that or trying to, like, humanize that. because Definitely. So it's just, it's just really tough because, like, I mean, I still love him. Like, he's still, like, one of my closest friends. But it's, like, at the same time, it's, like, um, I'm trying to find a way to, like, you know, be his friend and be there for him. But at the same time, it's, like, I just – it just goes against like what I believe in so much, you know? So like, I, you know, I've right. got to the point of like contacting him and stuff, but I think one day it'll happen. And maybe even like when he gets out, um, you know, he'll be old. And I mean, I mean, I'm gonna have some stuff set aside for him and everything. And like, you know, with this, you know, it's just like, I want to make sure he's good when he gets out. But like right now it's like, I just can't like think about like contacting him and stuff, you know? Right. Yeah. I think it's just, even when you go through traumatic situations, you don't want to like reinforce, like positively reinforce something that, shouldn't be like reinforced as something that's okay like especially like regardless like for example like just using both of you guys as an example like Vince like when you went through like that experience if you were to even be faced with the person that like with like without the bandana be faced with that person all over again you can't just like look at them and think oh like I'm just gonna forgive and forget it's really not that easy to think about somebody doing something like going to the extent of putting you in danger to the point where you're like uh, like normalizing their behavior like oh it's okay it's fine because it wasn't fine it wasn't okay and then Noah with you I mean that's your closest friend you can have that bond so you can be close to someone because they know everything about you and they experience a big part of your life but to turn around and then to try to pretend like things can go can go back to normal when in reality it can't is like this weird little conflicting feeling I'm pretty sure it'd be very um it'd cause more like psychological harm to you because you're always going to feel like am I doing I want to do the right thing but I don't want to let this person know that what they did was okay like because it wasn't okay like so that's that's very interesting so with um with both of you when you experienced what you did did you feel like like what were your feelings after the fact I know both of you kind of touched on how you were feeling and like kind of what happened afterwards but can you guys go more in depth with that if you don't mind yeah sure I um uh it, it, I I I should preface by saying I'm a stand-up comedian so I, I'm uh constantly thinking in terms of like what could be the bit so even while I was like down on my knees like with a gun to my head like looking into the window where my wife was I was still like what's the joke here like how mm-hmm. well, what's what's the bit what's the ankle like how can I how can I turn this into like seven good minutes you know so right. and and then afterwards I felt guilty because I was like am I like am I denying myself like uh, feeling some kind of emotion because my brain is like wired to kind of think that way like am I is it somehow less human not to like experience that and then I and then I I, I so I actually I I went to a couple of sessions of therapy to like talk about it and, and the mm-hmm. therapist was a uh, like an ex military guy uh-huh. and uh, he's 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 been to, and he actually like totally cleared me up. And I, I should probably go back to therapy, but uh, I felt like I got <laughs> what I needed out of it. Uh, right. <laughs> but, but he was basically like, 
but like I felt guilty because I was like, you know, like people go to war, like people actually like see people get shot and and get killed and people, you know, and like that didn't happen to me, you know, it almost did, but, but it didn't like, so how long should I feel, uh, how long should I, it's, it's still like linger with me. And, and the, the, the therapist, he was, he was like, well, you know, you shouldn't feel guilty or, or like compare your trauma to like my trauma, for instance, Mm -hmm. because I, went to war like I signed up for that that's actually right was like normal like what happened to you was it, it, like it basically effectively in the comfort of your home, own home in a way it was more traumatic than what I put myself through and so once I heard him think about that I was like oh maybe you're not being a you know a pussy maybe you're <laughs> maybe maybe this is totally fine and then I, I was like oh I, I think I'm I think I'm fine Okay, that's very interesting. And I know, I know you're a comedian. So I like really truthfully what happens in the fight or flight, like even response, you were even like when you were saying like, oh, in the moment, I was in fight. But like, after the fact, I was in flight. It's so interesting how our brain tries to justify the situation and try to figure out, okay, like, what's like, it's almost trying to find a way for you to de-stress yourself in order to make a decision. And I could see how you trying to figure out, oh, is this a joke? Like, is this something that is just for this moment trying to calm me down? I can see how that could not only be a coping mechanism in the in the moment, but something that was really trying to, you know, almost come to terms with whatever it was that was going to happen. Because like with what you're saying about your therapist, it's it is very interesting to hear my 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 dad was in the military. So, you know hearing about the fact like comparing trauma is the one thing that I always try to emphasize because it's not that we essentially even sign like the the things we sign up for and we know the consequences for as opposed to the things that we don't sign up for regardless of what we go through we never sign up for that we don't go to God and say hey God I want these set of experiences and I want these to be the outcomes that's not what happens like situations happen because other people make decisions and you just so happen to be a part of their decision-making process. So it's like, it's very, it's very interesting to see how, like when you're going to therapy, you like that helped you understand your situation. Do you feel like maybe like, do you sometimes, did you ever have like dreams about it? Or do you feel like now you have to be more cautious about doing like certain things that you felt like, you could do so freely and now you feel like you have to be more cautious about oh like... yeah for sure but i mean like i was always aware of my surroundings mm-hmm. and like here's the thing i like i've had a gun pulled on me this 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 was the third gun i've had pulled on me and the first oh, two okay. didn't really have an effect mm-hmm. uh well, and and it... <laughs> oh dude mean streets of plano texas baby <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> plano i could never no the, the other two didn't happen in plano the, and and even this one didn't happen in plano. it was in addison uh oh my goodness but when i told my therapist about the other two he was like oh it makes perfect sense like you you can justify why those other ones happened like one happened Mm -hmm. because i i told a really off-color joke in uh trump territory once and some guy didn't like it after the show so he pulled a gun on me oh my Uh, goodness 
but I was like begging him to do it. So, but like I could tell you, it was kind of scary at the moment, but I was like, you know, it was fun too. And then the other one was my mom. She pulled a gun out on me. Oh my goodness. It was actually the, the day that my wife met my mom for the first time too. Oh so my it's, a whole, it's a whole another story. <laughs> oh my God. But even then I could like justify why she did it. Like I, I know it's crazy, but I, I know why it happened. And then, and he was like, well, you can't justify this. Like it was senseless. So mm-hmm. that, that uh, makes a lot of sense. yeah. And it's like, you're, you know, touching on like comparing traumas. It's like people, people drown in like three feet of water and people drown in like a hundred feet of water. So mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, it's like, you really, you, it's, that's why like some people, even when they hear about the word trauma, they think of this like massive, big event that's so like cataclysmic, but everybody has their own definition of what is traumatic and what is stressful. Like we all can deal with stress, but what may be stressful to you may not be stressful to Noah, or it might not be as stressful to me. And that's just because that's based on our personalities and our own experiences and like how we analyze the situation and then what we got from it. So it's like, that's very interesting, but you've been like, <laughs> like a gun was pulled on you two other times, and then you're in the situation. I can see where you're making that correlation. Like, okay, there's no, there wasn't me. Like, I wasn't the one egging on for something like this to happen. I was just doing my own thing, and then I get a gun pulled on me. So it's almost like in that moment, you're trying to justify, okay, what is going on? Why is this happening? How am I gonna get out of it? Because I didn't ask for it, like indirectly. Or directly, so very interesting. Yeah, yeah. that's that is quite <laughs> <Yes>. the experience. <laughs> but what about you, Noah? Like how, like I know you touched on like how you felt after after the fact, but would you mind elaborating? Uh, yeah. I mean, so I mean, you know, I was out in California at the time, so I mean, it just how it made me feel was like kind of, I mean, I, you know, I was separate, you know, I was away from, you know, home. I wasn't, you know, close to anybody that like knew him that well. So even if I tried to open up to some of my friends at school that I've kind of known for a year at that point, um, it just like, wasn't the same thing. And you know, talking on the phone with people wasn't as, the same, you know, isn't the same as being in person with them and, mm-hmm. you know, seeing their face and their expressions and just how they move and everything and just being with family. And friends, you know, it's just, it's not the same. So I felt like I was the one who was like, so far away from home and I couldn't really like you know be there for any of my friends who were like going through it you know definitely and, um and like I had nobody there for me because I was so far away you know and it's not like this thing where you just call your homies up and be like how you feeling man like you good like after somebody did something like that you know it's not like a situation like that so um a lot of times I was just kind of like alone and I was kind of just thinking about like you know what I could have done if I could have like been a better friend or you know I mean just like you know so, you know certain things like that like how did I not see this coming like oh he was chilling with these people how was I not like you know more in contact with him you know um but I don't know it just it just kind of um it kind of made me feel a little like cold you know it just made me feel like I was not really you know part of my friend group anymore it made me feel like I wasn't a part of like my home anymore and I mean like mm-hmm. I almost ended up transferring like my grades dropped like you know, my playing time dropped, like, everything, like, dropped, and, um, and it was just, like, so weird, because I just felt like I just, like, wasn't where I needed to be at, you know, and, exactly. um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, like, after I came back and saw him and everything, I felt like that, like, evil was even worse, because I felt like I needed to see him, I needed to see him, I needed to see him, and I saw him, and it was just, like, 
I couldn't even explain like the like the emotions I felt in that moment. I was just like so angry, but like so happy, but like so sorry, but like you know, I was ready to like jump through the screen and choke. You know, it was just so like so many emotions, like mm-hmm. you know, just like I, I just I, I just really couldn't I just really can't even explain like like what, like you know how I feel about it now. It's just like some days it's this way, some days it's that way. Um, and it's just like at the end of the day, I mean, all, 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 like all, all you can do is like shake your head and just kind of wonder why, you know. But um, exactly. yeah, I can't really even answer that question. <laughs> yeah, that's that's completely fine. And I feel like just you talking about it, like what I feel like is that you know when you're talking about you know this sense of you want to almost you felt displaced, like you felt like you weren't even a part of something that you thought was you know, supposed to be, like, a good foundation of you. Like, I feel like all of us, like, we all have some sort of foundation of who we are and the people that we bring into our lives almost epitomize, like, how we want to continuously move along our path. And when that foundation, if there's a crack in it and that crack is deep enough, uh, trying to fix that and trying to fix it with whatever just to replace it, it's not going to be the same as the original, as the original thing. And then I, you know, just with how we grow attached to people, attachment is a huge part of how we even understand our experiences because we're not feeling some sort of way without us feeling like there's some sort of attachment, like with family or friends, like there's, there aren't just experiences that we go through with that person, but there's emotions, there's feelings, there's thoughts that's being transferred. And that's what almost creates like the root of attachment so you right right recognizing that your friend did this it almost likes it's almost like if the plant was growing someone just ripped it out of the ground and just like tossed it away and it's like that that wasn't supposed to happen it was growing so well in my mind the friendship was going so well to me on my side but there were other things behind the scene like that's like there's a lot of I, I can only imagine like the amount of emotions you're feeling and some like all of them all at once wanting to just be felt all at once <laughs> yeah, it'd be weird yeah it's just i mean i think it's weird because i mean you know something to try to think about but it's like everything and like i think the trigger part like you know, i guess like my triggers are like everything because like every like we did every, i mean like all of us like like we had a group of us and like all of us did everything and like around town like we went to the same school i mean like it was just i mean even the like the sport of football it makes me think of you know stuff like that so like everything is kind of like a trigger for it because it's like you can't really escape like those experiences that you had with somebody. Mm-hmm. right yeah speaking of triggers vince did you have any triggers after that like seeing anything smelling anything that reminded you of that situation or um, you know, uh, tr- triggers. No, no, no triggers. I, 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 I don't think so. Like, I think I was always, you know, I, I, I tried to always be aware of my surroundings, and uh, I just chalked that one up to see. But then, then I was like, man. Yeah, I start to blame myself. I'm like, fuck, I, mm. I, I, sh- I should, I, sh- I should have been more aware of my surroundings. And and then you get, and, and you, you, sometimes I found myself spiraling into just like a perpetual state of like, what if, like, what if I would have went and got my dog first? What would have happened? Mm-hmm. You know, like right. that, that, that was the other choice. So, 
I mean, this thing's called the butterfly effect, right? So it's, right. it's just always, <laughs> I'm just constantly thinking about what if. So is there a trigger? You know, maybe if I see like, you know, like a, something similar on like TV or something, like mm-hmm. I might think about that. But am I right. like sent back to like a state of like, you know, like a catatonic state where I can't like function Mm-hmm. or anything no but but i mean I, I think about it a lot i w- i don't i wouldn't characterize it, anything as like triggering it but uh you know it's definitely something in the back of my mind a lot right that's very that's 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 very good to know because like the type of like as i mentioned the type of trauma you went through would be con- like constitute as acute trauma which is trauma that was experienced once and depending on what the trauma was and how your personality is and like your past experiences it almost creates like a spectrum for how severe it was in your mind and then how you categorize it in order to move on and to heal from it so when I asked about the triggers if even if you don't have triggers like some triggers won't be as like as almost like detrimental as some like some people are triggered into crying spells some people feel like very anxious and they have like anxiety attacks and then some it's just a thought like it's just there they'll entertain it they'll think about it but it won't do as much damage as they as some people would have thought I feel like if I were to be in your situation I feel like I for for a while I would be I would almost feel anxious like I like I would always be <laughs> like looking I feel like depending on like even at nighttime maybe nighttime would even trigger me to think about it so yeah. that's very interesting I mean definitely for the first you know week or so afterwards but I mean but we moved very quickly after that too so I think right. I, I had the benefit of like being like you know I'm just gonna break my lease I'm just gonna eat whatever I have to and uh, you know for the sake of my mental health like, I, you know, I can't be in this apartment for another four months constantly, like, you know, pe- peeking out windows before I, like, leave. Right. So uh, w- once I just removed myself from that environment, I-, I think that that was also a catalyst and kind of uh, relieving some potential triggers. Right. That's that's also a really good thing to note and just to my, my um, listeners is that, like, depending on the trauma, it's, like, what's very interesting in trauma victims is they – after the traumatic event happens, they try to find a way to almost not in a not only to cope with the situation, but <clears throat> to be in like control of the situation to try to figure out how they can alleviate the pain that they're feeling with the pain that they could potentially feeling in the future. So when you're talking about you being in that fight or flight mode, yes, you were a fight, but I don't really see you as flight from you know, based off of you just leaving because that's just a survival mechanism. Deep down, you're just like, I don't want to feel this pain again. I'm going to do something about it. And that's where the triggers, like like you said, you almost, like, you did, you made a decision in order to not feel that pain anymore. And that's why, like, like if you were to stay there and let's say that that happens again, then it would end up being repeated exposure to something that would cause a deeper wound than it is right now. And like, yes, my podcast is called The Butterfly Effect. So even thinking about like, okay, well, what happens if I would have done this? Like maybe if I said a certain word or maybe if I had done something different in the day, would the outcome be different? And that's always like a very, 
another interesting thing in trauma victims too is that they try to almost analyze what could have happened or what they could have done in order to avoid something like and it's almost like they for a minute they take on the blame like oh maybe it was my fault and that's where it's like that that trying to dissociate from your emotions and feelings in order to like cope and try to understand where you're at can sometimes be detrimental but for you it seemed like it really propelled you to just to try to move forward as well as heal from that experience for sure and a practical note for your listeners charge a gun run away from a knife (laughs) yeah that's that's true because they could have a very bad aim yeah 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 you're more likely to survive interesting well what about um so i want to i mean you like both of you like i know noah you're really into sports and you know vince you are a comedian did you have any coping mechanisms when you were dealing with that as opposed to now was it do you feel like it was different what kind of changed for you to just make sure that you never feel that type of pain or never even feel like you'll be put in that situation again uh i mean i definitely i I had no are you taking this one no, 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 you got it, you got it. Okay, got okay. It. I mean, I mean, I, I definitely used comedy. Like, I, I, I got it out on stage, and it was received well. But uh, given the current state of things and the fact that stand-up comedy is effectively dead. Uh, oh, it's, it's not it's dead. Been... We all love stand-up comedy. <laughs> yeah, I know, but whenever your whole job is predicated on getting as many people into a small, confined room as possible <laughs> and having them breathe super hard in your direction... <laughs> Uh, a global pandemic is is a death sentence. This is true. <laughs> so uh, so for a while, comedy was a great outlet for it and a way to like kind of navigate it and kind of own the experience, you know. Right. Uh, but now I'm just left with my memories. <laughs> <laughs> well, I I mean that's good. That's good. I mean the pandemic's not good, and you know something that is not only part of your life but also something that you used to cope. It's very it's 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 just important to maintain that balance and stability with your mental health without feeling like you're going crazy because there will be moments where it's like you'll really think about the situation it out of nowhere and you're just like okay I need to deal with this I've been having to deal with this why can't I deal with it right now like so that's that's awesome what about you Noah uh, so I actually uh, went to counseling during my sophomore year. So like that, I mean, my sophomore year was just filled with a whole bunch of stuff. So that so that situation with Dion kind of was like the icing and the cake. But um, so I actually went to counseling and um, shout out Tang Center. I love Tang Center. They do a great job with mental health. But anyways, um, you know, my time in those sessions and everything really kind of opened my mind to uh, not being so associated with the people that I'm around. So mm-hmm. um I was taking on like a lot of the burdens that like, you know, my family, my friends, and just, I mean, even my team, teammates, you know, just people around me, I was taking on a lot of issues that weren't really like mine, you know, the stuff that I didn't do personally. Right. Right. So, um, it was really tough for me to see that. Cause I'm like a really like big kind of team player, like a real kind of, I mean, like if I'm with the homies, I'm, I'm like, I'm like with the homies. So 
uh, it was really hard for me to kind of take a step back from the group of my friends and take a step back from like Dion just in particular, just after that situation. But um, really opened my mind to just see that, um, you know, even though he made that mistake and he kind of made the decision, that doesn't dictate what I can do with my life and how I can change like situations like that are similar to that. Um, so now it's like things that I like help me cope with it are just like, I mean, the type of music that I listen to, um, I don't, I don't listen to like people getting killed, you know, on, on music anymore. I don't listen to the kind of stuff like that as much anymore just because it, um, it's one of the triggers, but, um, and then, I mean, just even like, you know, people who like hashtag free, you know, my person, blah, blah, blah. It's just, I take a lot more, um, caution when I say free society or when somebody else mm-hmm. is in, you know, some kind of predicament with the law, you know, with law enforcement. Um, so uh, I try to like, you know, separate myself from, you know, situations like that and try to keep myself in the, I mean, in the best, you know, state mentally just not to, you know, like have any situations with the police or um, hope any of my friends don't have any situations with the police or anybody, you know, like, you know, I'm just trying to stay away from you know, situations where people lose life. So that's how I cope with it. But I mean, I feel like to answer your question, like it's, I don't really have anything that really helps me like that. I mean, even with the counseling, it's like I saw things that kind of helped me separate myself from that. But thinking about my friend and thinking about like what he's doing right now. And I mean, it, I, I just feel like there's not really that many things or, or maybe I'm just kind of, you know, being like naive, but I just feel like there's not really that many coping things I can really deal with like you know just the bad and the good in my mind about somebody that I love you know it's just like and like right. I mean, both those thoughts I mean you know you know the good and the bad are both um valid I mean I can feel both things but um I just don't see myself like being able to like cope with it like in like a practical way to just be like you know what it's okay like I, I just don't really see myself like saying it like that you know right and I know that you know you and I were talking I think last week about toxic positivity and almost telling yourself like oh like it's okay like I'll be fine I just gotta good vibes only (laughs) like you know there's really a line between what it means to actually mean what you say and actually say okay I'm actually okay and then saying oh I'm okay I'm fine it's fine like if you can't it's really hard to keep suppressing something that in reality you have to come to terms with like the actual situation, like the gravity of the situation, like this actually wasn't okay. And I know Vince, you're a comedian. So it's like, you know, you're trying to find that joke, but at the same time, it's like, you still did something about the situation. And then with Noah, you know, you had to take a step back and reevaluate the people around you and just reevaluate what you want in your space in order to make sure that you're not lying to yourself about people that like almost giving them like a pat on the shoulder like oh it's fine like you'll like we'll be okay like you'll be fine like in reality it's like no you, some people need to reap the consequences of their decisions so that's just you know toxic positivity is one of the biggest things that I really try to emphasize because when you go through traumatic experiences you really try to dissociate from the actual experience you try to then you go into the state of denial and then you just spiral into a realm where you just feel like you have to take on the emotions and the feelings of someone like what I said with someone else's decisions and it's like you almost are feeling like it's your fault and you feel like you need to almost go through it like oh like it's my fault it's because I did something and to, to really acknowledge and to take that away and be like, no, it really wasn't my fault. 
I feel like that that that's what creates that like light bulb situation like oh like ding like it's not my fault and that's like that's almost like the driving force to help you go on the steps to heal like in all ways possible so that even when you do cope even when you have feelings that arise that are attached to that situation it won't be as much as an influence as it was in the beginning so that's guys don't do toxic positivity that's not cute it's not fun (laughs) i love that phrase toxic positivity i learned that phrase like two weeks ago and i've like been using it nonstop since then yeah a lot of people really don't know about it and you know like i've gone through a lot of different traumatic experiences you know from bullying and um i had and like a lot of different situations that have happened to me where even when I was talking to people, it's almost like they were trying to feed me positivity that I didn't need in that moment because it wasn't helping how I was feeling on the inside. You know, someone can tell you that you're strong, you're okay, like you'll get through it. You can't get through something that's repeatedly happening, especially if it's in your mind or you can't erase what happened to you you can't yeah, pretend it at, at a certain point that comes off as dismissive when they say it almost like they exactly. they don't even want to dive into it or even try to kind of gain any sort of understanding they just want to you know right yeah they, guilty. <laughs> yeah <laughs> and it's you know it's it's really one of those things where you know you have to see the other person you know they mean well you know that they're just trying to help you but even they don't really understand the level of what you're feeling because they're not the ones that have gone through it. And like, just by hearing both of y'all's experiences, I can, I can understand where you both are coming from, but I don't have that memory. I'm not the one that's living with that memory in your arsenal, in your mind, where it can come up at any time or it can be a thought that you think about. I can only understand from a certain perspective. And that's where there's almost like the gray area of, well, I want to talk about my experiences. I want to face it head on, but how do I talk about it when I don't know how it's going to be received? I don't know how the other person's going to take it because they didn't truly go through it. And then sometimes you will even find people that have gone through similar situations, but came out with different lessons. So very interesting. So just to wrap it all up, do you, I, I would like to hear how you are today. You know, some you, you both kind of like touched on it a little bit, but do you feel like your experiences shaped you tremendously and how? Uh, I, cha- no, 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 no. Okay, mine happened so late in life. I was, I was already who I was. It, it may mm-hmm. have affected, it may have like, uh, killed my innocence maybe like five percent <laughs> or naivete maybe like five percent right but for the most part no no i i don't think uh, i don't right. think i don't I, I, I think i'm basically who i was before it happened definitely but, you know i see i see yeah, what about I you noah for me uh, oh yeah my bad um I would just say for me that, um, I mean, even though it, I mean, it did change me a lot, but I mean, now that I'm getting older, I see that, um, you know, it wasn't, um, I guess, 
it was definitely like some kind of like selfish like mindset that I had back then that I was just so like I, I don't know I just I I definitely took that situation and made it a lot more than what it was in my mind because like where I was in my life you know so um, right I don't know I I just I just feel like that situation like back when I was like you know 20 years old I mean I just made it so big I just like like in my mind I made it so big and looking back like it really didn't change it really didn't change me you know it didn't like change like who I was like my morals or anything because I mean I've always known that killing people's bad I've always known that like you know mm -hmm. you know I, I've always known that you know and somebody being close to me who's done something like that that didn't change who I was it just just like re reinforced who I was you know so definitely you know, so, I mean, I, I wouldn't say it changed me. It just kind of, like, just made me, like, lean more in my own corner. Like, yeah, you know who you are, bro. Like, stay on your path, you know? Right. Like, I think with both of you guys' situations, it almost, like you said, like, it reaffirmed who you were, reinforced the value system that you have and who you are as a person as well as, I mean, it could, like, your experiences will always have, like, a small influence, like, you know, like, with, with Vince like you like being a little bit more cautious about you know going like doing certain things and then with you Noah not taking on someone else's pain as your own you know it's like recognizing the small little details of refining your personality and your behavior is what really helps you grow from whatever experience you've gone through big or small and I feel like I applaud you both for you know looking at your situation and being able to just know how to move forward in the best way that made you feel comfortable in order to move forward because some people would really like this could really be a lot more traumatic to them than than you than you than um than how you both have handled it but i think that even the small little changes to reinforce your behavior is also good for your own personal growth and your own mental health so that way that you now know how you can deal with these situations or others that could go through the same situations as well like you can be that little almost like a little beacon of inspiration in a way which is why I I'm so glad you both were able to come on and even talk about something like this yeah, I would encourage anybody who goes through trauma to, to, to write it out, too, right? Like, because uh, then you can kind of sort out your truths, and, like, the, the the more you write write it, and you can attack it from different angles, not even just, like, you know, comedically, I'm just, just in general, just, like, journaling and stuff, you, you can kind of, you know, sort out your own truths and, and kind of control the narrative a little better, and even though you, you may never be able to, like, gain full understanding, you each time you write, you're celebrating uncertainty effectively and and the only the only potential for understanding is is the celebration of uncertainty so yeah, and, and kind of adding on to that um that was perfect vince um kind of adding on to that i mean y'all need to like people need to talk to people because um y'all are probably like the six or seven people that have heard this like from my mouth you know i, I mean people know i went through it but like I haven't really opened up enough about it, and I thought it would be perfect for this podcast because, I mean, I haven't really talked about it, and a lot of these words that I'm saying are, like, written down on my notes right now because I had to write it down. I didn't know how to say it. You know, I didn't, like, I, I, you know, Queen told me to prepare, but I was like, well, shit, I gotta have something written down because, like, I've never even, like, written this shit down. It's been fucking, like, you know, so long, so... 
Um, I would definitely agree with that. And we just talk to people too, because um, I mean, I know it's taken me a long time to get all this out, but uh, you know, your trauma is not you, so I mean, you can get it out. All right, everyone, that is the end of this week's episode. I hope that you enjoyed it as much as I did. I really want to express my gratitude to Vince and Noah for being a part of this week's episode. I thought that it was quite courageous and admirable to have two people come on my podcast and discuss a situation that was not only a part of their life but also made an influence on who they are today as people so thank you for taking that leap of faith and having that courage to share your story with me and with my audience I really really appreciate it I also want to just speak to all of you that this is how I want my podcast to be this is the foundation of why I created it in the first place I want to be able to help all of you out there trying to navigate through your own experiences through an educational yet personal perspective on mental health and mental health as a whole. So that's why I will be having more guests come on and discuss their experiences in the most raw way possible. And I hope that you not only found some information to be inspirational or something to ponder about from this episode but I hope that that's how you'll be able to receive other information as this podcast continues to grow and expand. I did record this on Skype so I apologize for any uh, any weird sounds that you might have heard. We are still in the COVID-19 pandemic and I am still practicing the social distancing So until this pandemic has rolled over, I will be still doing podcasts via Skype. But other than that, I really enjoyed my time and I hope all of you listening enjoyed this as well. So for your assignment, do as Vince and Noah said and write down your experiences, you know, so that you can lay it out and understand your thoughts as well as find somebody to talk to. It's okay to speak about how you feel, but find the right person that will understand where you're coming from. And even if they don't know that you took that necessary step to healing mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. So with that being said, I'm going to end this podcast with some positive affirmations for you. Just want to let you know that you are amazing. You are adored you are valued and amidst all of the chaos in today's society i am so happy and grateful that you are growing and persevering in the best way possible thank you everybody that listened and i will see you next week